Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Catherine Biggs, and welcome to the No Ordinary Yogi podcast. I believe there is no ordinary yogi. Every yogi is a beautiful, unique human with their own story to tell. In this podcast, I'll be speaking to inspiring, extraordinary, real-life yoga students and yoga teachers who'll share their stories about their yoga experiences. Why do we practice yoga? What difference does it make to our lives? We'll be sharing our breakthroughs and our breakdowns, our favourite poses and our most memorable moments from yoga class. May these stories inspire you to continue or start your yoga practice and take a step forward into a more conscious and mindful life. Yoga's for people like us. Yoga is for everyone. Yoga doesn't care if you're young or old, stiff, flexible, tall or short. Yoga meets you where you are. There is no ordinary yogi. And welcome back to this edition of the No Ordinary Yogi podcast. Today I'm talking to John and Helen Rees. John and Helen are in their 60s and they were yoga students of mine for a couple of years whilst they were still living in Malvern. I have to start this actually by apologising that the sound isn't great. We were all preparing for Storm Dennis and it was blowing an absolute hooli where they are in Snowdonia. We discuss what makes a good yoga teacher and how John and Helen are getting back into yoga after a bit of a break. John talks about when he started his yoga practice and things he finds hard about it even now. And Helen talks about her round and about journey onto the mat via Pilates and rehabilitating her sports injuries. They both talk about when their practices became important to them and how no two yoga practices are ever the same. We also talk about the emotional support offered by a yoga practice and motivating yourself to get to a yoga class. One element of the conversation I found particularly interesting was when we talked about athletes and yoga's place in modern sport. John played some seriously high-level rugby in his time and I found his insights and how they trained then versus how modern athletes train now very interesting. I, I wish we'd had more time to talk about this, but, you know, maybe in another podcast. And finally, we hear about the joys of living in Snowdonia and all about what they're doing now in their so-called retirement. John and Helen have always been two of the most real people that I know. There are no pretenses with them. And that's why I'm really looking forward to you being able to hear me talking to them on this podcast. Hello and welcome back to this episode of the No Ordinary Yogi podcast. I'm here today talking with John and Helen Rees who are the parents of Elizabeth Rees. And Elizabeth was on the podcast a few episodes ago. Welcome, John and Helen, to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So, John and Helen, tell me about yourselves. I think that's a really good place to start. 
Ah, right. Okay. Well, we're a pair of old fogies <laughs> living in the wilds of Snowdonia. And um, uh, I'm a nurse by profession, or I was a nurse by profession, although I couldn't stay away for very long. We moved up here last March, uh, and I do miss your classes, Kat, very much. Um, and we came up here to run a small letting business and turn our hand to our artistic endeavours. So John's his photography and mine's my painting and ceramics. Not that I've had any time to do any of it <laughs> um, because we've been too busy doing other things. But I suppose we're living what lots of people would say is the good life now. Cool, cool. But I have gone back to work. You see, once a nurse, always a nurse. So... The week before last, I started working in our surgery in the village just two mornings a week. So that's where I've just come back from. So uh, I let Elizabeth and John do the shopping this morning, and I did it's the quite shopping. nice. Oh, you didn't do shopping. Did shopping. I did the walking. So uh, yes, yeah, so I've got I've got that kind of double digits on my age now. So I'm I'm 66, and there's all kinds of connotations around that. Uh, so I, I am officially retired as far as the government's concerned because they give me some money back, which is always fantastic. Um, but similar kind of thing they had, and I suppose I'm really into my photography and it's a great part of the world for photography because there's just so much natural beauty around here. Um, it's overwhelming in some ways because there's just so much choice. And we've got all the, the mountains and the lakes and the rivers and God knows what. And then there's, you know, all the kind of North Wales coast and Anglesey and everything else, which is just... Um, quite extraordinary and but I'm, I'm also doing a bit of kind of mentoring and a, a, a little bit of uh, consulting for for a couple of people that i've known over the over the past few years but nothing much really literally just a couple of hours um a week really but uh, i suppose that just keeps me in, in contact with that world um, but it's not as though i either miss it or or need to do it i'm doing it primarily as a as a hobby so and lots of gardening and lots of garden yeah we've got a pretty big garden here lots of trees Stuff hasn't been touched for a couple of years, so I've been slashing and burning, which is, which is my favourite thing, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So it can't be said that either of you are bored then? Oh, no, not... no, there aren't really enough hours in the day, Cats. I can understand now why my father used to say, I don't know how I ever had time to work. <laughs> but, I, but, you know, I, I know people who have quote-unquote retired and they literally do nothing. They kind of get up late, maybe go and play a little bit of tennis and go to the pub and that's it. And you know us, we're, we're just not, you know, neither had or I as that kind of person anyway. And, you know, we get, get bored pretty quickly just by, you know, kicking our heels. So, yeah, a, you know, there are, there are a lot of things to do, really. Um, and, yeah, starting back to yoga is one of them. So. Mm -hmm. Mm, fantastic. Well, it must be an advantage having a daughter as a yoga teacher who lives at your house with you at the moment. Well, it's good, yes. I kept saying it'll be great when Elizabeth comes back because we'll have our own yoga teacher here. And um, we have done a bit at home, but we've now, well, she's going to start a, a class. Well, she has started a class down in the village, um, in the great. church. Uh, there's a fantastic space above the church hall there. Um so she started that two weeks ago, and so far it's only been me and John. Uh, but um, a couple of the girls that I work with are coming the week after next, which is because it's half term this coming week. So I think word will spread. And oh, she is good. It is, it is an advantage. She is good. She's she's a really I'm not saying it just because she's our daughter, but you know you know her anyway. I mean, she's very driven. You know, she's currently 
going through a process trying to um, decide where she wants to do a PhD as well. So, you know, she's, she's kind of got, she's far smarter than, than I am and Helen is, that's for sure. But, um, oh, thought. But, but she's also a really good teacher. You know, her instruction is great. It's very clear. Um, and you know me, you know, I've always tried to push myself and, and in yoga rather than trying to do what I'm capable of. But, you know, she kind of tries to rein me back with that and tries to make sure I do things in good form, which is, is good for me, really. That's fantastic. I mean, Elizabeth is a wonderful teacher. The teachers, uh, sorry, the classes that I've done with her have just been lovely. Yeah, she's a good communicator, you know, and I think that, I think that for any teacher, that helps, doesn't it? As well as, a, I suppose, a kind of sense of humour and a bit of, bit of um, a bit of discipline and purpose to try to, you know, make, make you go that extra step, really. But, you know, contrary to, to popular belief, she doesn't bully me, that's for sure. She, uh, as a matter of fact, has to rein me back in some cases and say, no, you know, you don't need to bend that far for that particular pose. You know, that's not your pose. Your pose is more benign. So, yeah, she's quite, she's quite good from that perspective. Oh, that's good. I'm glad she's looking after you. <laughs> so... Um, Helen first started coming to my yoga class with Elizabeth, I believe. I think Elizabeth and I worked this out when we spoke to each other. Um, and then, um, John was coerced into coming to some private lessons. Yeah. I was surprised. I, I, um, I came to see you, didn't I? I said I needed to buy some classes for him. And I, uh, we went, it was his birthday and we walked up to Morven on the pretense of going for a coffee, but I said I had forgotten something and I'd left it in your studio. Remember? And we and I we came up and uh, of course you were there waiting for for us to give him a lesson. Well, sure I forgot him there. I'd forgotten about all of that. Yeah, do you not remember? I was expecting yeah. a shiny new object of some description, well, yeah. but I had one really, didn't I? That's yoga, I guess. <laughs> oh, you. I think you were sceptical, weren't you, in the first place? But, you know, what was it that changed for you? Um, it, 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 it took a while, I think, because I've always been, personally, I've always been an athlete, you know, played a lot of tennis, rugby when I was younger, and I suppose my attitude to yoga was, it was just another form of sport where I had to push myself and I had to be the best I could be. But it just took a while really just to realize that that wasn't the case that the only person I was competing against was me I wasn't trying to you know be bendier than anybody else or try to get into poses that someone of my age shouldn't get into so it, it did I guess it did take a while I mean initially it started off for me personally you know Helen is has a far um gentler attitude than I do I suppose I'm fairly can be fairly aggressive and challenging in some cases so for me it was all a question of I'm going to get this done you know, rather than just thinking, okay, it's not just, you know, bending and contorting yourself in different different positions and different shapes. There's a, there's a mental side of this as well. And I guess if I'm, if I'm still brutally honest, I'm, I still haven't really mastered the breathing. Um, you know, that's, that's still something that... He still holds his breath, can't I don't, I don't hold my <laughs> breath, but, um, you know, it is something that I haven't kind of married the two together. But, yeah, it, it's, it's taken a while. I just think it's an ongoing process for me, personally. It is. Well, Definitely. It's a it's a journey and you know, yoga reveals itself to you over many, many years and you know, some people take to the breathing straight away and other people take quite a long time to, to do it. 
Um, Helen came at yoga from a from a different point of view. John said, you know, Helen approaches it differently to me, and that's because you've had some some physical problems, haven't you? Oh, I did yes. Like I mean, I I did yoga first of all many many years ago, probably thirty years ago, and then on and off. And then I remember going when Elizabeth was tiny, this child who never slept, and thinking, I need to have a bit of relaxing me time once a week, and and. Uh, I used to drop her. She was about 18 months old, and I used to drop her at baby gym for quarter past one and then whiz back to Hanley Swan for half past one, where all these ladies would already be lying on the mats, and there was quiet and silence. And it wasn't a bit like yoga is these days. And I had left a screaming child at this nursery. And I can remember lying there, and after about three weeks, I can remember thinking, this is a complete and utter waste of time. Because the, uh, the whole time, all I'm thinking about is this screaming child, who actually was having great fun when I got back there. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I scrapped that. And, and I've done it on and off over the years, and, and I've sort of interspersed it with Pilates, which I then became very bored with. And when Elizabeth found you, I thought, uh, and actually I hadn't, I had done, been doing some Pilates prior to coming back to you, but I did have a yes, an injury to my knee that ended up. I ended up with polymyalgia, and um, and at one point when I went back to Pilates after having had my knee operated on, I couldn't either get down onto the floor or get back up off the floor, and uh, and so I suppose for me when I came back to you with Elizabeth, um, it was rehabilitation. I just thought I have to do something to strengthen and mobilize my poor body again having played lots of sport for many years it's uh yeah sport damage <laughs> yeah. so yeah and i grew to love it and the more i did it the more i wanted to do it so i have missed it over the last 12 months very much but yes so i did it as a form of rehabilitation and i suppose because john's always complaining about one joint or another whether it's his arm or his knees or his back or his neck I used to say to him, you should come to yoga. And he'd say, well, I will. I will. And, but he never did. So that's why I then surprised him by bringing him up with his clothes in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, what a way to get someone to a yoga class. <laughs> that's brilliant. So... Um, I know you've not really done too much practice for the last um, 12 months, but my goodness, you've had definitely quite a lot to do with your new property and things. Um, but can you comment at all how you feel um, your yoga practice um, has evolved? Well, I became very much stronger. I became far more interested in the... Because when I started it, when I came back to you and started it, it was a form of rehabilitation, stretching, strengthening, I think. But the more I did it, the more, and, and, as, and as soon as you get that flick of the switch to coincide the breath with the movement, I think then that's when, that actually then for me was when it became something more than just doing a, a, a press up or a, you know some form of stretching. So actually breathe into it and breathe with it. That's when it changed, I think. For me, oh, that's oh. lovely. Do you understand what I mean? Yes, definitely. 
and I, and the last couple of weeks I've been doing it with Elizabeth and we've had she's done some classes with Dan. But it was on Monday evening I went to a class with her and all of a sudden Monday morning I thought, Oh, this is terrible, I can't do this, my shoulder hurts too much. Uh, I haven't got any strength anymore, this is awful and I was actually in tears in the middle of the class because I just can't do it. I just can't do it. And then I went to another class with her in the evening that she was teaching um, upon the coast. And uh, it, someone had flicked the switch. <laughs> and it was completely different. And I thought, this is how it used to be like. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's all about, for me, I have to concentrate and I have to breathe properly. You breathe through the pain that you have. And I felt stronger and just better. Yeah. I think when your body is um, used to being in pain, that it's quite difficult to um, to know whether to work through the pain, breathe through the pain. I think yoga creates body awareness yeah. so yeah. that you're able to make those decisions for yourself because you hear so many about people that have got bad backs and things like that and and they just stop moving and don't don't move ever again and there used to be the um the treatment for for a bad back used to be lying down on the floor or on a piece of wood didn't it or something whereas these days it it's better to to move well i think 99% of all back pain is caused by muscular spasms so yeah, and, and the natural thing to do is to lie down and do nothing or to protect to protect, protect yourself and to sit or lie and keep still because it hurts to move. But actually, that's counterproductive and just makes it even worse, really, doesn't it? So stretching is far better. But breathing into the stretch also, because actually if you've got acute back pain and you try to stretch, that's almost impossible, isn't it? It is. Yeah, so you have to do lots of deep breathing and... Yeah, yeah. So I've got a question for John, actually. I'd like to know what your favourite yoga posture is and why. My favourite yoga posture, I have two actually, if I can. Of course uh, you can. I like child's pose um, because I can, I, I've, I've always had a bad back for as long as I can remember. It's not debilitating, it doesn't really stop me from doing anything, but as Helen just mentioned, it's muscular spasm more than anything else, which is probably down to the fact I'm tall and I, my posture isn't great very often if I'm out and I find myself slouching. So I think child pose is good. And I also like warrior two, um, partly because of the balance element to that, but also because it makes me feel strong. Mm. Um, it's my favorite pose too. Yeah. Um, although my right arm, as you know, is crooked because of surgery I shouldn't have had on tennis elbow that was as a result of painting the house rather than playing tennis, but that's another story. Um, so I prefer to do it on my left side, my left arm stretched out, so I can see it nice and straight. If I'm on the right-hand side, then I have you to... You can't see it. <laughs> I, just, I can't, can't see my arm altogether. So that's, that's my theory. I, to me, that just feels like some kind of power pose. And although we haven't been practicing that much um, in, 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 in earlier months, I suppose, we have been starting back again. I do remember some of these poses, and that is the one I think... Personally, to me, that actually comes most naturally. Yeah, I like Warrior too. There's there's so much power and energy in it. Helen, I'm yeah. going to ask you a similar question, but I'm going to ask you what your least favourite pose is. Ooh. Oh, well, probably... Chaturanga. 
No, no. Actually, bridge, probably. I don't like doing a bridge. I wish I could do a wheel, but I can't. Um, no, I like doing chaturangas. Uh, I think probably bridge. I really don't like that. I don't know why. I just why feel... Well, I just feel I can't get up very high. Mm. Um, yeah, I can't think that... Um, no, I can't think. Oh, I'm probably a... Um, that's for one. Oh, for one. You're doing what I'm doing now. <laughs> you only asked me for one, Kat. There you go, bridge. That's all right. You can have another one. <laughs> Give another one, go on. Yeah, well, um, well, I'm not all that fast on doing lunges either. <laughs> and? Uh, no, just no. no I, I can't say that there's anything that I really dislike, I don't think. Um, no, I quite like all of them. When I'm, it depends. It depends how I'm feeling. On last Monday morning, I didn't like any of it, Kat. <laughs> <laughs> evening, but last it? Monday evening, I loved it. There you go. All of it. So, yeah. I think some days are like that. No two yoga practices are ever the same because your body's never the same for two days in a row, anyway. And neither's your mental state. So. I think that's what's great about the practice. Some days you absolutely loathe it, but you never, ever walk out of the the yoga class feeling worse than when you walked in. I always feel better. And there, there are very often times, especially since we started back again, I'm, I'm not great in the morning, to be honest. And um, Well, I don't mean I'm not great in the morning. I mean physically. I just need to, to wake up. And so, you know, we've been doing these yoga classes on a Monday morning, and I've never, if I'm brutally honest, I've never really looked forward to it. And I, I, I wouldn't not do it. But by the time we finished, I'm, I just feel so much better. And I'm glad we did it. And, if, you know, what I try to do personally is just to harness that thought about how I'm going to feel at the end of it, right at, right at the beginning, if that actually makes sense. But, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I personally prefer doing it towards the latter part of the day where everything was all nicely warmed up. Yeah. But, um, but you're right. Uh, you know, I can honestly say, despite the fact some may have been harder than others. I feel glad personally that I've done it. I feel a sense of gratification that I've put my body through that rather than thinking, God, I'm glad that's over. Well, I think one always feels better. But I, I, I think that apart from one's physical feelings of how one's body feels, you just it depends on where your mind is, Kat. Yeah. That, I think that has the biggest bearing on how well you feel you've done. Because I remember going back when I first came to you with we had some traumas going on in our life and and I found it very, very hard even to hold a pose because my mind wasn't concentrating on holding that pose. It was wandering off down the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. It's yeah. true. You've got to be focused yeah. on it. And you have to be very, I think you do need to be, you know, to hold that warrior too for, and to be strong and to have everything pulled up properly. You have to be concentrating on it and it's very easy to let your mind wander elsewhere, isn't it? It is. The mind has a very strong tendency to run away, um, yeah. even when yeah. you, you're doing your best to keep your mind yeah. on the breath and, and yeah. things like that. Do you feel then, um, either of you, that, that yoga's been a support at any time in, in your life when, you know, maybe you did need to get out of your head? and Hugely, when I first came to you, and you know why, uh, <laughs> I do, but, yeah, hugely. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and and for me as well, it has because you know I've always, I suppose, because of the work I've done, you know, thirty odd years in the in the tech sector, traveling all over the world, and then 
you know, working as a self-employed consultant with people and pressure, pressure, pressure. And for me, rather than with hair and my tools, I, you know, I led a pretty high octane type of life and I found it very difficult to lie on a mat and not think about the next deal or, or other things that were going on. Um, but, you know, once I kind of got over that um, hurdle and, and learned, I suppose, to, to zone out for that hour, hour and a half, then, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely beneficial. And, and it's essential, really, I think, for me personally. Mm, that's really good to hear. Have you got any funny stories from class? Um, anything that you really remember, maybe from one of my classes or one that you've done with Elizabeth? Well, you know, I'm not sure I can count. A funny story. I remember the first couple of times coming to you and having the problem with wind. <laughs> well, everybody says that. I, I know they do, but, but desperately trying to hold it in and, um, you know, or trying to let it out as surreptitiously as possible. But it, that, to me, at least once I got over that, that was the, that was the biggest source of kind of. You used to try to, you was very careful, Kat, with what you have for breakfast, I mean for lunch. Very <laughs> 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 careful. But, um, I suppose the only funny thing that I can think of was that fellow that used to come and sit next to us. I can't remember what oh, his name guy, was. Who always used we'd be lying there and he'd fall asleep and within about two minutes he was snoring away, wasn't he? Which was which was I, was quite entertaining. I thought yeah. how lovely to be able to fall asleep so quickly. Oh, if only I could. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that, I, I remember I remember him actually. Yeah. Yeah. He was a he was like a snorer. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what his name was. It's best you don't remember what his name was. But, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, you know who he you know, It's funny, I don't have that many snorers anymore. Um, no, I don't. Um, one of my yoga teacher friends, if someone starts snoring in Shavasana, um, she goes round and just, like, um, firmly grips their big toe. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, just to sort of wake them up, and oh. I've never done that. I've I've always kind of thought, well, live and let live. That those people obviously need some sleep, so let them sleep. I was just amazed he managed to zone out and go into a semi coma so quickly. So really. quickly, it was wonderful. Boom. Yeah. Fantastic. I thought yeah. I'll have some of some of what he's on, please. <laughs> Brilliant. Have you got any tips for motivating yourself um to get to class, to get on your mat at home? How do you talk to yourself and get yourself in the right frame of mind? Oh well, I think actually Elizabeth told you what my motivation was. I get my kit out the night before. <laughs> if it's an early morning class. Ah, that was your tip. That was that's a really good tip. I love that. So get your kit out and put lay it all out the night before so that you can just slip into it and and I just try to re- remember I always say to myself oh no I'll feel so much better after <laughs> but I enjoy it so I don't feel I need I, I I don't know whether you can hear this flapping noise but this is our conservatory the wind is it's a bit windy here today and we're just waiting for storm Dennis to arrive and I suppose there are days when the weather is ghastly and you think oh have I really got to go out in that so it's quite nice to be able to practice at home but um I think you just have to make that decision that you're going to do it rather than saying well I might go I'll see how it is you tell yourself that you're going then you go yeah I think I, I, I agree completely and and um a couple of weeks ago Wales uh, were playing um in the Six Nations and Helen and Elizabeth had already laid the mats out in the conservatory to do yoga, and I was watching the end of the game, 
And Elizabeth comes in and says, right, come on, we're doing yoga now. And it was, it was a dreadful class. And I was partly because I just wasn't prepared for it. And, you know, I was kind of dragged into it rather than deciding I wanted to do it. So I suppose it's not so much a, a tip. Um, the only advice I'd probably give is as building one head inset, really, you have to decide you're going to do it. And some of the better classes I've had, particularly recently, is where I've really been looking forward to it the night before, thinking, right, I'm looking forward to, to doing that uh, tomorrow and to get yourself in the right frame of mind rather than thinking, I'll just see what I feel like when I wake up. You know, I, I think, and, and that holds true in, in any aspect of life, doesn't it? I suppose you've decided you've got to do something and you just need to focus your mind on doing it rather than saying, well, I'll just see how I feel after a cup of coffee or just see what I feel like, you know, when I wake up in the morning. To me, that's just non-negotiable. If you've made a commitment, you have to do it. But I think the biggest thing is to actually make the commitment to yourself that you're actually going to go, go through and you're going to go and do it. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for that. Really, really nice. Whilst we're on the subject of words of wisdom then, do you have um, anything to say to someone who might be thinking about trying yoga for the first time? For me, I'd just say go there with an open mind. Um, um, pick a good teacher. Uh, there are a couple in Morven, but none as good as you. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, I would just say, just open your mind, go, go, you know, obviously go to a studio that's, um, that's welcoming and pretty much most of the studios are, I suppose, but just, you know, suspend your belief in what's possible and just, just learn how to do it. It, it is a new discipline, I suppose, you know, my, my start was a bit stuttered because I was trying to equate it with things I'd done in my sporting life and it's it's not like anything like that you know you look at some of the some of the best athletes in the world you know the all blacks rugby team for instance you know yoga is a key part of what they do you know and mindfulness and all these other kinds of things to to enable people to perform at the peak of their physical prowess so you know that i suppose that that's all i'd say is just give it a go be completely open-minded about it um and you'll surprise yourself a about what it'll do for you but b what you can actually do that Possibly you thought you couldn't. But I suppose it never used to be, did it? It never used to be regarded as part of mainstream, you know, sportsmen's um, uh, part of their routine because it was regarded as not not really a sport or even stretching many, many years ago. It's completely different these days, I think. Um, well, I think that, yeah, but that's, that's because professional sport has become yeah, so competitive so, mm, and, and the margins, the yeah. difference between success yeah. and failure is so tiny that people are looking for every incremental gain they can get and yeah. clearly you know if you have an athlete who is supremely fit but also has incredible mobility you look at tennis players like Novak Djokovic you know but, but more importantly they actually have the right mindset um, so that any setback happens if they, they don't completely you know crater or crush themselves or berate themselves that they can actually stay in the moment and you know I think that's why there's been such a, an uptake particularly amongst professional athletes in using yoga and combining that obviously with meditation and mindfulness as well. Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's very important. One of my um, favorite gymnasts, um, Niall Wilson, um, is an mm. Olympic gymnast and he's done a lot of mindset training and mindfulness. Um, yeah. He's been going through a, um, he had an injury to his neck and then um, he went through a period of, of depression and just doing things that he shouldn't really have been doing. And he's he's 
got back to himself by by using mindset tools and mindfulness and it it's just such powerful stuff i i think it can honestly change your life um if you allow it to or it could completely change your life because you know people people get themselves into a terrible state through a whole bunch of uh, things and the way i've always looked at it cat is if the mind can cause you that much trauma and that that many problems the reverse is also true you know if it can make you feel like the worst person in the world it can also logic says make you feel like the best person in the world you just have to learn how to think about it differently and how to harness the power that 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 exists within everyone really i've always said that the mind's like like a muscle um and you can train it in the same way that you train any other muscle in your body absolutely yeah absolutely yeah um, but you've also got to, to keep practicing it because otherwise you lose it. The same was, you know, you lose power in your muscles if you don't work them. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah, right. No question about that at all. I have, um, this is a question for both of you. Um, if you could turn back time and, and talk to your 18-year-old self about health and well-being, um, knowing what you know now, um, what would you tell them? Oh, well, that would be telling, wouldn't it? <laughs> Um, probably to have combined a bit more yoga with all the hard joint flashing sports that we did over the years I suppose that's probably one of the things probably not to drink so much (laughs) Um, uh, what else would I tell myself I'm not sure I I suppose I dipped in and out of these things like calinetics was one thing yoga, calinetics do you remember calinetics? I do, my mum had a video there you go, yeah. you know, Kalanetics. Yeah. That was about 30 years ago. It was when we first got married. Um, the Pilates. And, you know, I've dipped in and out of all of them over the years, I suppose. But um, what would I tell my 18-year-old self? Probably that, to to, com- to have combined it more with the other sport. Because I suppose I used to do the yoga and the Pilates when I couldn't do the other things. <laughs> when I was injured. When actually I should have probably done them alongside each other. And then maybe I wouldn't have been injured. <laughs> It was interesting for me as a kid growing up because, you know, I was heavily into rugby and uh, certainly things like yoga and, and stretching and, and basic exercises were just not known. I mean, you know, all the training that we did, and I played it to a pretty high standard. Was behind the bar. No. All, all, all the training really was all skills-based and all, you know, all physical. So, uh, but I, I could, you know, if, if you could look, if you could look back and affect change, I didn't know question, you, you know, the ability to have, done what you know a lot of the top rugby players are doing today really i suppose in terms of how they use yoga and stretching and mild mindfulness would you know definitely makes um makes a difference i think speaking from a nursing point of view i you know i've worked in general practice and i think that uh i have seen over the last 10 or 15 years the number of elderly people who come and they are immobile not completely immobile but they've got challenges because they played lots of sport and in those days they didn't do any there was no recovery or or you know you didn't you just you didn't play tennis and stretch afterwards you just played tennis you didn't even warm up in those days no you didn't did you no no you didn't and and certainly where we are now we're doing a lot more walking and i'm personally doing a bit, bit bit more scrambling really um which is kind of climbing without ropes um and so i've i've kind of noticed um, you know the the impact on my body. That's 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 a, a workout in the gym, really, because you're using all four limbs, really, as you're kind of climbing up these uh, these rocky outcrops. 
Um, and so the ability to be able to stretch that out afterwards and do some yoga is, you know, undoubtedly important. And and that's what you know, Helen said, there aren't many yoga teachers here. There were a few, but they're spread out. But people are doing yoga and there's an uptake from the climbing community and from people who are involved, you know, in scrambling and in hiking and stuff like that, because it is probably seen as a, not necessarily an antidote to that, but a, as, as a kind of logical companion once you've actually been out and you've done a lot of this stuff. It's like, you know, kayaking is pretty big up here as well. You know, people kayak down the rivers and waterfalls, this kind of nonsense. Mm-hmm. You get the rock climbers and climbers. So, yeah, it's, you know, to, I suppose for them to kind of keep their, keep their discipline and to enable them to carry on doing the things they love. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, one of the girls that does teach up here, she's uh, a boulderer as well. One of, when Elle and I went to one of her classes at Plaza Brennan, which is the National Mountain Outdoor Centre uh, not far from where we live. I thought she's surely not a yoga teacher. She had gigantic shoulders, this girl. Wow. But um, she, she, was a, she, was a, she was a nice teacher, um, and she'd recently qualified, I think, but her, her primary discipline was bouldering. Mm-hmm. And it was just interesting that she kind of put both of those things together. Yeah. Well, actually, the class that Elizabeth went to last night, which is the one that's in the village that you can't get into, it's, yoga, it's called Yoga for Sport. Right. So it really wasn't a, really a yoga class. It was, it was a stretching yeah. class. Um, and she said they were all people who, yeah, look as if they walk or run or climb or yeah. do something like that. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of it around yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic because I think, you know, you can't just solely do yoga and you can't just solely do rock climbing or bouldering um, because there has to be that that sort of push pull that that balance. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly between you know using groups of muscles and then stretching groups of muscles and if you're only doing the same form of exercise all the time then the muscles that you're not using are going to start to atrophy and you won't be able to use them anymore well and i've certainly noticed that in two you know because i'm doing a a fair bit of uh hiking and i did six miles today and i got absolutely drenched the only thing i wasn't wet was the Toes in my socks, <laughs> and I've kind of noticed that. I suppose in terms of you know the, the kind of shortening of the of the quads just to a degree, and your back, and yeah. so that's that's why those stretches. You can, I can definitely feel it. Certainly on doing things um, like down dog, you know, I I really have to kind of pedal out because I can feel as though there's been a, a definite tightening in in both my calves and my quads. Well, the thing that I noticed when I went and did the first class back here with Elizabeth was that I can't kneel. I mean, I, I'm, I, I used to find it hard kneeling because of my poor knee, but the reason I now can't kneel is because my quads are so tight. Right. From all those that we've done. Yeah. From all the walking so, up mountains. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but actually Monday night, they were better on Monday night than they were on Monday morning. <laughs> but I was obviously warmer and, um, and I'd stretch them in the morning a bit, so... Yeah, yeah, you just have to do one to counteract the other, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I think you do. Mm-hmm. Where are you right now in your life, both of you? Are you happy? No, we're having a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> was, it, was it a good decision to move back to Wales? Yeah. Yeah, yes. I mean, we were bored with more, and I think the plan, when we moved back in 2010, our plan was always to come back to Wales when Elizabeth went off to university, but because she was unhappy down in Exeter, it was far enough 
uh, at Falmouth. It was far enough away from Malvern. We couldn't possibly have done this. <laughs> and when she then decided to go to London, of course, it's much, much easier and quicker for her to get from London to here than it was from London to Malvern. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Well, she was five-minute walk from Euston Station, and it's a two-hour and 45-minute train journey up here. Whereas Malvern, you know, she'd have to have gone all the way across London for a start to get to Paddington, and then it was Thomas the Tank. <laughs> yeah, it was. Three-hour journey. Yeah. No, it is great. It is great. Yeah. You know, we haven't lived in North Wales before. We're both from South Wales, and we lived in Mid Wales. Uh, and that was the plan. We were going to go back there. But we were just cognizant of the fact that we didn't want to just retire. You know, we wanted some to do and that's why we were looking for somewhere that had letting accommodation so that we could do that and you know build that into a, a nice business and and so the, you know we're lucky with we, the thing that i can't believe is just how busy it is here every yeah. single well we were full from april until the end of october weren't we almost every night of the week and even in that we thought we'd be quiet from november january and february but actually we've had January and February, we've had at least 10 or 12 nights booked out. Um, but, but at this time of the year, it's last minute. You know, people will book for next weekend or they'll probably look at the But even when it's pouring with rain, I've got people coming this evening um, till, till Sunday. So and we're making before Storm Dennis. Yeah, let's hope they come before Storm Dennis. But this doesn't matter, I think. Um, Goodness. You know, people that like outward bound and climbing and kayaking it doesn't matter if it rains as john says there's no such thing as bad weather just bad clothing <laughs> well, well, no, no, that is true but yeah it, it's a bit of a voyage of discovery as well i suppose it would have been easy for us to have stayed in Morven and just kind of gone with the flow and i would have done what a lot of my pals are doing just you know play tennis three or four times a week and and you know not do much else you've been divorced by now though, though. <laughs> well, <maybe. laughs> But uh, so, yeah, we, you know, we, we, we are adventurous, I suppose. We always like doing different things. And there's just so much to get your teeth into up here. As a matter of fact, you know, usual thing was, um, so I'm, start, I'm starting to run photography courses for people as well. But it was like, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to go to all these places. And I just throttled it back to literally within five miles of where we are because there's just so much stuff. Otherwise, it's just crazy and so you know i've just personally developed this thing called zero to hero which is literally a one day photography course that's based uh, within everything is within five miles of where we live and so we take in lakes we take in mountains we take in waterfalls you know all those kinds of things and you know just really to try to intimately understand the landscape around us here is important because there you know there, there's obviously what they call the honey pots you know like snowden itself and Travan and a few of those places but there are also other places that people hardly ever go to because it's half an hour from uh, the car rather than 10 minutes on the car. Um, and half an hour from the car, you can be in the middle of wilderness. And so, you know, for, personally, that's what I've tried to do is to try to understand the surrounding area that's literally just around us in more, more detail. You know, the, the, the national park is 800 square miles. So there's a massive amount to go at. And I suppose, you know, initially, we, I, I personally was full of all these ideas and I'm going to do all of these things. It just completely overwhelms you because there's just so much to do. So, yeah, you know, it, it, I, I think, it, it, you know, we are glad we've done it personally. Um, and it is a voyage of discovery. You know, there's there's just, I, I can't really see us getting forward with being here, um, at least not in the foreseeable future. 
Mm, that's fabulous. So oh. if we want to find you, your photography website, John, and your Airbnb, yeah. um, how do we find you? Uh, so my photography website is johnreesphoto.com. That's John, R-W-E-S, photo.com. And uh, we do have a website up currently for the Shepherd set, but we, 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 I built that when we first moved here because we thought it'd be great to kind of publicize it. But the previous owner had a website, it wasn't very good, and she had stuff on TripAdvisor. Uh, we, we stuck it on Airbnb, and Airbnb has just been fantastic. It's a brilliant platform, I think. So if, if people want to look at that, they just want to search for Glyn Shepherd's Hut in Cabo Kirig, um, and they'll they'll find us. Uh, Helen's done a phenomenal job with that, really, and we've got, I think it's like 55 five-star ratings, so 100% ratings all the way along the line. That's because of Ellie's attention to detail with all, all the things she's done on it. But, um, yeah, it's that, that, that's where people uh, can find us. And my photography workshop is on Airbnb as an experience as well, so I, that, that was finalized today. I don't want to do much of that, to be honest. I mean, maybe do one a month or something if people you know, want, want to come out and, uh, and have a look at uh, what we've got here. But, um, yeah, so that, that's really how people can find us. Actually, a couple of weeks ago, about two weekend, two or three weekends ago, we had a message on the Friday morning, a young girl asking if she could come on the Friday evening with her friend. Her husband was away, and she fancied uh, a weekend in the hills. She lived in Bath, so it did take a rather long time to get to yeah. it, but they came, and they were very sweet. And uh, on a Saturday night, they'd gone out on Saturday afternoon and done a bit of walking, and then we had a little yoga class in here, didn't we, Elizabeth? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with Elizabeth. That's very fun. And then they came in and... We sat and polished off a bottle of Prosecco before us. <laughs> that was good fun. Oh, it so, sounds lovely. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Lots of, yes, a nice little romantic bolt hole. But, uh, yes, it's good fun. So, yes, if you just look on Airbnb, you, and in fact, if you put in accommodation for two in Betisco or Capacurri, we're on the first page, aren't we, I think. Yeah. There's a photograph of Pug on there. So you yeah, Sybil's, you, Sybil's, on, Sybil's in the photograph. You can't miss it. Oh, oh, I'll look that up then. I'll definitely link it in the show notes too. That reminds me, I told you, didn't I, when I emailed you that we've still got the pug blanket in the studio. Do you know, I'd forgotten about the pug blanket and I was very cold on Monday morning in the um, church hall. The previous week it was so hot we were opening the windows, but this week it was chilly and I thought... I need to bring my pug blanket with me. I did take it, didn't I? No, I didn't take it. I will. I will take it with me. I have. I have hunted it out because I'd obviously put it away in a box somewhere, and I have found it. I will take it to the next yoga class with me. I'm just going to come out with it because it's quite a controversial question. Right. Pineapple belongs on a pizza. Yes or no? Uh, I wouldn't. I never eat pizza. Actually, cat. (laughs) (laughs) But I would have said no. Definitely, definitely. Belongs belongs in a bowl, I think, on its own, not. doesn't it? Belongs in a pina colada, probably. <laughs> Are you two still vegan, by the way? Yes, yes. But we do eat pineapple. <laughs> well, I hardly ever buy it. Pineapple, I would vegan, eat pineapple. Yeah. We're not ethical vegans. I point out. Are you not? And the reason that's important is because we live on a farm, and our farm and farmer farmer Jones literally is farmer Jones. He's a typical archetypal North Wales. North William Farmer. I know he won't be listening to a yoga podcast, so I can be as brutal as I like. And and, and he, he is kind of, he's not sensitive to the fact that we're vegans because I don't even know how he knows. I think he's... Does he know we're vegans? Yeah, I think he may have told his wife. Oh, oh yeah, some she reason, knows. Yeah. She wants to give us a half a sheep or something. But um, it is it is quite funny. So, again, 
I wouldn't say we are non-ethical, but I you know the motivation for us both has been health. Uh, we well, were, it was originally, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. And I've been wearing a leather belt at the moment. And, you know, I think if I could drive myself nuts living on a farm, looking at animals, although they're all free range, they all roam around, they all have a good life here. But um, people become a little bit sensitive to it. There's somebody in our Welsh class yesterday, she stood up and said, anybody want some sheep? No, 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 she didn't actually. She said, I... I just wants to ask a oh, question, right. but I, I hope I won't offend, offend anybody. anybody that might be vegan or vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. And she's obviously, she's moved up here from Cornwall and she's got a small holding. She's got a few sheep and she wants to know if anybody wants to buy half a, half a lamb. Which is fine. Um, but I think but we're she, now talking about, we're not talking about pineapple on pizzas anymore now. You've, no, she asked us if we're vegan. Yeah. So, so, so I think that I, from an ethical point of view, I think it's, um, unnecessary, probably, to eat animals. You wouldn't eat your dog or your cat, would you? Depends if you lived in Korea. Oh, well, that, that's very true. But I, and I think, I have thought about this long and hard. I look at the sheep and Bob's sheep and cows, and they're very well looked after, and he hasn't got very many of them. Um, however, they do get sent off to be slaughtered, which isn't very nice. <laughs> but I think I have... <coughs> more of a problem with the dairy industry and the poultry industry. <coughs> anyway, that's not, got nothing at all to do with pineapple, but you shouldn't have asked us if we were because we are, <laughs> but we don't preach about it. Yes. Correct? I think that was a lovely answer to my original question. <laughs> oh, it's been so nice to talk to both of you. It really has. I hope you'll come up and see us sometime. Yeah. Yep, I will. Definitely. Now that yep. you've sold Snowdonia to me. Oh, never been? No, I've never been, ever. So there we are. Nice talking to you again. Can't hope to see you soon. Yes, I do miss you. Yeah, yeah I know. I'll definitely come. All right, you two will take care. It's been so good to speak to you. Thank you for having us on your podcast. I'll let you know when it's out. Ooh, exciting. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to this episode of No Ordinary Yogi. If you liked what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review this podcast, as it really makes a difference and it'll only take you a tiny moment of your time. If you'd like to continue the conversation or ask me any questions, come and connect with me over on Instagram at No Ordinary Yogi or visit the website www.noordinaryyogi.yoga where you can send me a message or join the mailing list to stay up to date with what we're up to. If you're local to Malvern, Worcestershire in the UK and you fancy joining us for a yoga class at the studio, please visit www.greatmalvernyoga.co.uk and you'll be able to see the complete timetable of classes we offer. Have an amazing day and I'll catch you in the next episode. <laughs>